weekend for DFS. This is probably, at least for me, first bigger hit of the season. Slide these down a little bit here. All right. Let's get to it. So appreciate everyone listening. Again, this is the XFL, the Alt Fantasy Football XFL. We're going to do USFL DFS podcast. So I'm your host here, Mark Hogan, at DFS underscore Marlin, Fantasy Guru contributor. If you haven't subscribed with Fantasy Guru yet, please go ahead and subscribe. You'll get all of the access to all of our articles that we write up for the XFL. We're going to be doing USFL as well. And I think, in my opinion, the, the biggest value add is the Discord. We're in the Discord all week long. We're talking XFL, talking alt football, and really breaking down the slate as we advance. All right, so last weekend, huge weekend. Um, I think I knocked knocked down about eighteen hundred bucks myself. We had some folks, some subscribers, post in the Discord with some of their screenshots as well. So, you know, probably one of the first, again, bigger hits of the season. We've been kind of chipping away up until now, which makes sense. You know, typically, you know, the first couple of weeks, we're just trying to figure out what's going on within the landscape, get a feel for these teams, what they plan on doing. Now we're starting to feel more comfortable with the game plans these teams are rolling out here, how these defenses play, how the offense plays, what players are going to see the highest usage, all of that good stuff. So for today, we'll go ahead and uh, since it is Monday, we don't have a whole lot of injury updates and news here. With that being said, I do want to, you know, share with you my process. This is typically, you know, on Mondays, it's a little bit of a recap, um, reflecting on on what happened this past weekend. But also, it's a look ahead. You know, we don't want to be, for me, I like to maybe just get a, a feel for the, pro, the player pool. I don't want to emotionally commit myself to any specific lineups, though. We'll build a lineup here towards the end of the podcast, but I do like to reiterate and point out uh, <coughs> excuse me, that I'm not attached to this lineup here whatsoever. This will simply be my first look into you know what my potential plays there might be. Does it mean I'm going to move off of every single player in this lineup? No. You know, if I continue to like the some of the plays that we're looking at here, I'll I'll keep them there. I'll make sure I have a lot of exposure to them. I think last week on the po- <coughs> excuse me, on the podcast we were talking about Abram Smith. It was a little bit further into the week, but at that point I was already pretty much, you know, locked in on him. So there may be <coughs> sorry. Getting over this cough, man. A lot of sickness going around right now. Um, but, you know, there might might be guys, some guys we talk about here tonight that we like and we stick with, and there might be some other guys that as the news and the week progresses, we go ahead and move on from. So let's let's dive into it here. For, <coughs> excuse me, man. First thing I want to, hopefully I can make it through this thing. <coughs> Um, 
first thing I want to look at here is our transactions. So I do like to keep up with all of the moves these teams are making. I think it's really important. Really can't take a day off doing this. Every move matters. The player might not necessarily impact us from a DFS perspective, but it might tell us something about what these teams, what these coaches are attempting to do, where they might feel they're weak at, where they might feel they're strong at. This is something that can really give us a lot of indicators on how these teams want to approach uh, their game plan. All right, so this is really important to talk through and follow. (coughs) So I'm going to pull up the transactions here. Again, um, I'll start with pretty much today, right? So we talked about a lot of transactions um, last week. We talked about a lot of transactions in the Discord. Um, But let's dive into it here. So as of today, DC dropped Terrell Hanks, linebacker. Keontae Shad was released. He's a defensive lineman for the Orlando Guardians. Mr. Uh, Harrell uh, with the Vegas Vipers, safety, he was released. We saw Francis Bernard with the defenders, another linebacker added. So they're reshuffling linebackers a little bit here. Fiddle (coughs) Fiddle Brown, um, he was added to the active list. All right, so we have two guys coming off of injured reserve and an inside linebacker and defensive tackle for the D.C. defense. They're getting healthier. We also saw um, Jared Jones-Smith, offensive tackle with the St. Louis Battlehawks. He was added from the IR. And then lastly, Isaiah Williams, offensive guard with the Vegas Vipers. He was added from the IR. So we're seeing, I think the, the most notable aspect of this here is we're seeing that defense, DC defense get healthier, especially in the run game here, all right? <coughs> um, I do want to dive in some notable uh, pieces of news that we saw on Monday here. So one little uh, thing to keep in mind, Orlando... Um, so we saw, well, hold on, let's, let's recap here. So we'll go back into last week's slate, man, last week was great. <coughs> Abram Smith acts absolutely crushed it for us here, but we'll, we'll take a look at week five. Again, the sea dragons, they beat the roughnecks last Thursday. Feels like forever ago. Um, so they won 21 to 14. We also saw on Saturday the defenders beat the Battlehawks 28 to 20. And we saw the Vipers sneak one out at home against the Guardians 35 to 32. Last night, Sunday, um, was a sleeper. We saw the Renegades beat the Brahmas 12 to 10. All right, so. Saw a DC win. We saw the Vipers win, which means Orlando is still uh, winless. Saw the Renegades beat the Brahmas, and we saw the Roughnecks uh, lose to the Sea Dragons. So I do like to point out Orlando could also be eliminated this week with a loss versus Seattle 
and Arlington beating San Antonio. So Orlando is already on the ropes, obviously, here. Um, We're talking about scenarios that could eliminate them from the playoffs. (coughs) If and when they do get eliminated, I am really, really curious to see what happens with this team uh, for the remainder of the season. Um, Let's go into a little bit more. We did see uh, Ty Warren. Um, He is the Guardians defensive line coach. He's no longer with the team. Uh, Linebackers coach Mark Snyder will assume both defensive line and linebacker duties here. So we saw some D-line get dropped. We saw the D-line coach get dropped. Um, We also are going to see some additions. So we saw um, Devin Devin Bush Sr. He is a former NFL defensive back and father of Seahawks linebacker Devin Bush. He is now the defensive backs coach for the Orlando Guardians. So clearly Buckley is not thrilled um, about... How the defense has been playing. They're bringing in a new coach. That's noteworthy. Sometimes when you bring in a new coach, especially in a position like that, you know, they brought in several new coaches um, for defense. You know, we could we could definitely see uh, maybe them play up a little bit more here. Talk about that in a little bit when we talk through the matchup, though. Um, Mike Newton, he was pre- he previously coached at Robert Morris. He is now with the Vegas Vipers as an assistant coach. I do have to give a shout out here. Um, there is a uh, Twitter handle. He uh, does a great job. He's called at XFL Analyst. Um, he's go ahead and <coughs> follow him. Go ahead and follow him on Twitter. Follow him on Instagram. Provides a lot of great. Um, updates. He's pretty much like your Adam Schefter, basically, of the XFL. At least in my opinion, he is. Sorry, I'm trying to time the mute button up with when I cough here. Um, but I think the biggest news of today is we did see Houston Roughnecks, John Charles Kirkland. He's going to miss the remainder of the season with the chest injury. So we saw him get hurt. That is a big, big loss for the Houston Roughnecks. How do they handle that moving forward? You know, a, a, a player being out of the lineup like that, that can really, really impact how the offense functions here moving forward. Do I think Houston will become completely dysfunctional? No. But I do think they might see a little bit more struggles. They might... Certainly not. They could start off slow in this game, might not move the ball around. Maybe they end up even seeing themselves behind here. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, and that's about it. I think those are the those are the some of the biggest notes here. Um, yeah, I would say that's about it. So now I like to I like to get a feel for. Um, interesting. Someone's hate tweeting me here. Apologize. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know what this is. Interesting. 
Um, all right. So <clears throat> go ahead and like to look at team defense statistics here. All right. So this these are the updated numbers on team defenses. I think this is really important to look through here. It's a good time to do it early in the week. And I think the most notable thing is we saw the Battle Hawks give up 223 rushing yards last week. So you may assume that that would put them as the worst uh, defense against the run. And that assumption would be wrong. The Vegas Vipers still lead the league in most rushing yards allowed at 714 rushing yards. All right, that is that is bad. <laughs> that is really bad, um, considering the Battle Hawks just gave up 200 plus rushing yards to one player. Battle Hawks are at 669 rushing yards on the season, and no other team comes close to these two. So the Vipers were leading the way by a landslide. The Battle Hawks, obviously, after that poor performance, are now right up there with them. However, I think that is a spot to target. I think everyone is going to try and attack the Battlehawks. But, you know, if you think about it, 669 rushing yards. Doing the quick math here, I think, again, I think Abram Smith was 223 of those yards. So they, obviously it was a very poor performance last week, but they gave up. Uh, 223 of those 669 yards in one one game. We've played five. So, you know, uh, 223 divided by 669, 33% of the rushing yards they allowed this season was all in one game. They're going to be pissed off. They're going to be fired up. They're going to be embarrassed. So I expect them to bounce back a little bit. I do think Abram Smith ran the ball incredibly well. Um, so I don't think it was completely on that defense. Do I think the Battle Hawks have a good run defense? No. I do think they are one of the worst run defenses. Um, even bef- before that performance, we've been talking about how really rough they are against the run, and that's that's a spot to attack. But we have to differentiate ourselves a little bit here, and I think the Vegas Vipers might be a spot for us to attack. We'll talk about that. We look through some of our matchups here in a moment. Passing yards. Let's talk about passing yards. Uh, Again, um, I feel like not many people talk about it, but the defenders do still lead the league in most passing yards allowed. That being said, the Guardians are right up there with them, so the defenders... Uh, 1,141 passing yards, the Guardians 1,069, and the Vipers 1,117. D.C., they get turnovers. Um, Those corners continue to get interceptions. Um, I really think that uh, Joseph, the cornerback for D.C., it's very similar to that performance that one year with um, Travion Diggs in the NFL. Uh, where he, you know, essentially he was getting a pick every single game, but he was also giving up a lot of yards and getting beat quite frequently. I think it's a very comparable situation here, but it's not just him too; it's the rest of this the secondary. So maybe they get a little bit of help with getting healthier on the interior D line and, and linebacker position, but 
I think teams are still going to game plan to go after this secondary and, and really try to, to get ahead of this team early on. So I like that spot. I like the Vipers, and I like the Guardians when it comes to passing guards. Arlington Renegades have actually, uh, actually, no, I'm, I'm sorry. The Houston Roughnecks have allowed the least amount of points at 76, but the Renegades, uh, Defenders, Sea Dragons, and Brahmas are all within the same realm here. Renegades, 86 total points on the season. The Defenders, 90. The Sea Dragons, 88. And the Brahmas, 79. So nothing to really differentiate those teams um, as far as points allowed allow goes. With that being said, the spots where we have the teams with the worst run defenses and the teams with some of the worst secondaries um, are going to be in a different ad- atmosphere, right? So got the Guardians, who have allowed the most points on the season at 152, the Vipers at 134, and the Battlehawks at 106. All right, so Battlehawks, clearly the way to go after them is in the uh, through the run. Um, but I think a lot of people are going to attack that, and maybe we see a little bit of a bounce back from them. The Vipers, um, I mean, man, they're like just bad across the, this defense is bad across the board. So, you know, whoever, whoever's playing the Vipers, we're going to look at maybe a balanced attack on that front. A full stack is certainly in play, in my opinion. Um, as of this podcast, if we also look at the Guardians, <clears throat> they're actually pretty good against the run, but not good against the pass, um, which is surprising because they started off the season much worse against the run. So, but that would make sense that they go out and fire their their defensive back coach and bring someone else in, giving up the most points. Obviously, this defense is not put in very good positions. So, to me, the easiest, the clearest indicators are probably the Vipers. Yeah, I mean, I think I want to attack the Vipers, and DC probably want to attack DC through the air if I'm going to go there. All right, maybe a lot. Guys with a lot of catches who don't necessarily have to rely on touchdowns. All right, let's go into, we're going to go into the sports books here. Man, I hope this goes away. I think, I don't know if it's allergies or what, but I've had this cough for quite some time now. All right, so we got the Sea Dragons. They play the Guardians, all right? So got the Sea Dragons at the Guardians, 1 p.m. on Saturday. I don't really understand these times and how they split these up this this slate. But we got the Guardians plus eight and a half at home. Kind of like that. I feel like that's like a pretty good pretty good spread there. Um and we are looking at a total of forty two points. We're seeing some of these lines 
consistently stay up over the 40s now. And we are seeing some lines uh, drop as well. We'll talk about that here in a moment. But we also have the Battlehawks and the Vipers. They play at 7 p.m. All right, so they play at 7 p.m. Saturday night. Vipers are plus three and a half home dogs. Over under, highest on the slate of 42 and a half points. Then on Sunday at three, it's going to be a real barn burner here. We've got the same exact game. I don't know why they did this, why they have the same two teams playing each other within six days. The Brahma, the Brahma's at the Renegades now. So Renegades are minus three home favorites, and over under is 32 and a half points. That is the I'm pretty sure that is the lowest line I have seen in the XFL so far this year. But this would make more sense as we just saw a I think it was a 12-10 game. So that would have clearly made this this under here. Probably I think just because these teams played each other, they just saw each other. Now maybe they have some tape uh, they notice some things that they can go after. I wouldn't be surprised if we can get an over on this. Uh, and then lastly, Monday night. So, man, this slate is pretty spread out. We got all the way going into Monday evening at 7 p.m. Early, early game Monday night. 7 p.m., Houston Roughnecks against the D.C. Defenders in D.C. D.C. is minus two and a half point. Favorites, home favorites, and the over-under is 42 points here. All right, if you're just going to take, if you're looking at Vegas odds and you're just going to take the surest money line bet on the slate, got the Sea Dragons at minus 380. All right, so the most probable game script comes from the Sea Dragons uh, with a spread of minus eight and a half and a minus three eighty money line. I think one of the closer games, the one of the outcomes that we're really not too sure about, is either going to be. It's pretty close between these two. It's either that Brahma's Renegades game, or um, actually, I think this is probably the closest: the Roughnecks Defenders. Defenders are minus two and a half point home favorites. <coughs> Only a minus one forty five money line with the Roughnecks plus one twenty five. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna switch over here. Um, to we'll go into DraftKings. And this one will be a little bit shorter this time uh, this time around since it's a Monday podcast. And also, man, I gotta gotta conserve my energy here. I don't know what's going on. Hopefully, I get healthy here. All right, so I'll go ahead and pull this up. And let me draft the team. 
All right, so we're going to look at the quarterback situation first. We've got, <coughs> man, they're really pricing up these quarterbacks now, the kind of the sure plays. So we got Danucci at <laughs> 11500 got A.J. McCarron at 10900 We've got Brandon Silvers at 10700 We still have Brett Hundley, who's not playing. He's still, you know, I really, <laughs> man, if they list Brett Hundley as the starter again this week, I'm going to probably drive my fist through a wall because why are we listing a quarterback that has not started now back-to-back weeks as the starter? He's $9,700 on DraftKings still. Why is he priced up? Um, do they really think Perez has a short lease after like a three-touchdown passing performance here? I mean, Prez is not priced up. He's eighty six hundred bucks. He's probably going to be, and that's got to that's got to be the chalkiest one of the chalkier plays. I don't think I'm going there. Yeah, I don't think I'm going there. I could see, man. I mean, here's the thing: Vegas they've got a complete timeshare in that running back uh, committee. Let's see, like people chasing Rod Smith. Right, I mean, I think Levette is still in play. I don't think many people are going to touch him still, despite that matchup. But I think Rod Smith is going to go higher on than he should be. And I mean, if you look at his performance, his, I mean, his points are completely based off of touchdowns, which you can't rely on on a week to week basis. You want usage, yards, receptions, attempts, all that good stuff. Jordan Tiamu is eighty seven hundred bucks. We still have Paxton Lynch at eighty one hundred, and I like our running joke in the Discord. The DraftKings interns uh, really did not look at this very closely. Derek King, he's still at eight grand. Kyle Slaughter is at seventy seven hundred. Jack Cohn, he is at seventy five hundred, and he is definitely going to be starting. But this is a low total, so. You know, I think it's risky, but I mean, I think it's definitely worth a shot in tournaments considering the price point. But I think the biggest value on the slate is Quentin Dormandy. Can't imagine he's not going to be starting against Seattle this week. He is $6,000 min salary at quarterback. Sign me up for that. Uh, we, we we also have Quentin Flowers. He is the exact same price point. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to lock in Quentin Dormandy. Move on to running backs here. All right. So, well, hold on. Let me go back real quick. I think the automatic move by a lot of people on this slate will likely be Dormandy at $6,000 flat. So we have an opportunity to get different here as well. I'll have Dormandy exposure because the price point is just too good. But, I mean, look, the Sea Dragons, let's look at their, you know, they've allowed 855 passing yards on the season. All right, so that's... That is the second least amount of passing yards to the Houston Roughnecks. It's only nine 
less passing yards than the Houston Roughnecks on the season. That's it. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, he looked good, and he has a low price point, but he's got a pretty tough matchup. You know, Seattle kind of won me over a little bit defensively. I did not respect their DBs like I prob- probably should have. So, I don't know if that's as automatic as we think. I don't think we should be going all in with that play. And I could see them having an issue, having a tough time, falling behind. Next thing you know, Quentin Flowers is in the game running all over the place. I mean, that could <laughs> that could also be a fun little leverage point there is just play him and hope that, you know, Dormandy gets... You know, is not not very effective. Flowers comes in. I mean, I will say this: Dormandy made some great throws in that game. Like he looked like he belonged to be. He should have been the starter from week one. And I don't know what's going on with DeAndre Francois. I mean, he was. It, it sounded like he was uh, hurt, but I mean, the roster moves tell a story you don't go out and sign Quentin Flowers off the street in the middle of the season unless you do not believe in some of the guys in that quarterback room all right get back to this here so we'll talk through running backs I mean Abram Smith he's now priced up as the most expensive running back at ninety four hundred dollars he draws Houston, so I think you're chasing a little bit there. If you go back to the well with Abram Smith, if, I'm sorry, like if you weren't on him last week with us, you kind of you missed out already. Like that ship has sailed. So I'm okay not playing him this week. I mean, Houston they've got a they've got a very 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 tough run defense. It's a good team. I could see I could see DC drop in this game. Definitely could see it. I could see DC winning as well. It's going to be a toss up, but I prefer to, prefer to go elsewhere here. Uh, Max Borgie against DC, um, kind of a tough matchup on the on the ground here as well. I'm a little bit worried about how the offense is going to operate. So I'm kind of getting like red flags, bad vibes from Houston here. <laughs> but I'm also not into DC's running attack as well, so I'm not really sure. <coughs> not really sure how I feel about this game. I think I would take the under. I think I think that's the play. You take the under on that 42 point total. I think there's a lot of red flags for this being a slower game than people think. All right, so Brian Hill, we got Brian Hill at 8900 bucks against Vegas. I think Brian Hill probably disappointed several people last week. I mean, he really didn't, though. I mean, last week he... Put up 13, 14 fantasy points. 
In the XFL, <coughs> you know, fantasy points, they come a little bit more at a premium. But his snaps are kind of low, and that's because he's he's got some nagging injuries here. So that's the only thing I'm concerned about. I mean, I think I'll definitely have a significant amount of exposure, but just I'm not in love with his snap share here. Davion Smith against San Antonio. We just saw him pre- be pretty effective on the ground. It's like their run game came alive towards the end of that game. Best fantasy season on the year, but that's also because he got a touchdown. All right, so he's a little touchdown dependent. Uh, Kalen Balaj gets catches. I mean, last week we saw him do pretty well through the air. Morgan Ellison. Uh, Morgan Ellison, that's interesting. 7300 bucks against Orlando. Everyone's probably really ticked off about him crapping the bed in their lineups considering that they didn't even play him. Didn't even play him until like the end of the third quarter. Don't understand, you know, if you're going to wait till the end of the third quarter, like why play him at all? So he carried the ball six times for 15 yards and fumbled. So to have a point, he was definitely in a lot of my lineups, and all those lineups still crushed anyways. So <coughs> Morgan, Morgan Ellison at 7300 bucks Certainly can't go wrong with that against Orlando. Rod Smith, I'm fading. He's going to go up against St. Louis. I think everyone's going to go after Rod Smith. He didn't really – I mean, his price went up a little bit, but 6600 bucks. And he is just a touchdown-dependent player that splits carries with three with two other guys in that backfield. He had 21 fantasy points. He did have 62 rushing yards, but two touchdowns on the ground doesn't really, you know, he's not really a receiving back either. So you take the touchdowns away, he had six points. It's 6,600 bucks. That's really not enough to get excited about in a chalky, a pretty chalky play. Main Martin, probably not going to touch that. He splits carries now with Darrington. We have Dewan De- Lee, Brandon, uh, Bryson Aline, Darius Bradwell. Not really going um, in any of those places here. John Levette, I think, is interesting at 5200 bucks. Thought he run pretty well. The only concern I have about Levette is, like, if you watch that game closely, he looked like, he like didn't know what was going on. It's like he, um, it's like Perez had to like literally turn to him every play and tell him what he needed to do because he just didn't know the plays or something. I'm not really sure, not really sure what the disconnect was there, but there was a sense of frustration even from Perez himself with Levette like not, you know, kind of knowing what the play calls were. That's that was my that was my take from that. So I think he plays really well. He runs hard. He's a he's got great vision. Um, but mentally, hopefully, he can kind of pick things up a little bit here. This could be a game where he could end up being the back that uh, wins out a lot of the points here. Got Devin Darrington um, uh, priced up here at 5100 bucks. I'm not going to touch that. I mean, most of his points last week came off of his touchdown. 
Jaquez Patrick at 5,000. Let's see. Is there anyone really notable here? <clears throat> I think TJ Hammonds maybe is notable. Nick Holly, 3,700 bucks, 3,200 bucks respectively. DeAndre Torrey is still min salary, and he's getting some run. Probably not going to go there, though. Not really any layups at running back. It's probably, in my opinion, likely a probably I'm going Hill. I'm going Ellison. I think those are the spots here. Um, so all for the uh, the purposes of this, I'll go with Brian Hill. So right now I have Quentin Dormandy and Brian Hill. I don't know. I don't think I'm feeling that Dormady play, actually. I'm going to take him out. Have a little bit of fun with this. Dormady is going to be the chalk lineup, so you all get some practice doing that. I think I'm going to go Perez. I don't know about Perez either, though. I don't know. Maybe I just I might stack. Let's do this. Let's do McCarron all the way up top. <coughs> We're going to do McCarron. He's going to get the work. He's not going to get benched. We don't have to deal with that crap. And then instead of Hill, we'll go ahead and we'll mess around with uh with mm, mess around with Morgan Ellison. <coughs> Just double check one other thing here. I want to play McCarron and Hill. That's not really. <clears throat> I'll say this. I'm going to have a McCarron and Hill lineup in there to get different. I think it could work out. But for the purposes of this, I'll add Ellison. Let's look at receiver here. Um, hard to not play Jacor Pearson, even though he's priced up all the way at 11300 So, Pearson's interesting. Josh Gordon's interesting. Jeff Bidette, he's interesting. Kirkland is out. So, we got Deontay Burnett against DC. Most passing yards in the league. Burnett, probably going to absorb some of those Kirkland targets. But man, man, oh man! I think I think Houston. I think what's going to happen here is we're going to get a lot of a lot of yards through the air, but maybe not as many points as we expected in this game. Maybe some field goals. So I think Burnett is kind of expensive for the purposes of that. Maybe we'll look on the cheaper front with Houston. Do like Blake Jackson. Darius Shepard, um, really can't go wrong with that. I'm gonna have to. I haven't looked at the matchups yet to see maybe who sticks out as a clear advantage against Vegas. That'll be for our fantasy guru subscribers. Once we look, dig into that a little bit further. Uh, Darius Shepard, Charleston Rambo, not really into those guys. Sal Canella, 
Um, probably disappointed a little bit. This is probably the least um, exciting uh, level of production that we saw out of him. We did see him work out of the exterior a lot, a lot more than um, lining up attached on the line. So thought that was interesting. I wonder if they'll switch back because it seemed like towards the end of the game he played more the role and and the attached position that he typically does, and that's when we saw a lot of his production. So kind of digging Sal Canella here. Cody Latimer, man, he's 7000 bucks. Um, but if we're going to play a lineup without Dormandy, I think I might fade Latimer in this lineup. Um, again, I think that's going to be a super chalky play, playing Dormandy and Latimer together. Austin Broll, he's still sixty eight hundred bucks, but he had another modest performance. I will say Prol. Uh, McCarron didn't see him. I would say three or so. There was three or so plays where he was like wide open. One of them would have been an easy touchdown. Typically, teams when that happens, they'll go back to the tape. They'll review it on Mondays and Tuesdays. Or whenever they have their kind of comeback uh, walkthroughs and and film sessions, and the coaches will say we're going to get him one the next week. <laughs> so I don't mind going back to the well with Prol. I think he's going to be um, even lower owned than normal, and he is the cheapest St. Louis receiver, and we have to save somewhere here. All right, Shepard's eighty two hundred bucks. Uh, Butler's ninety eight hundred bucks. <coughs> Man, I like playing all these St. Louis guys here. I'm gonna play Prol. No, I'm kind of obsessed with Prol here. I'm sure, some of you guys are sick of me talking about Prol, but I think it's coming. Lucky Jackson, man, he's fifty seven hundred bucks still, still too cheap for a wide receiver one. But a tough, tough matchup here against Houston. Cedric Bird, his price jumped, but he, you know, with the Kirkland news, is still very, very cheap. So I'm probably running this back with some... I'm probably going to win Bird. I like Bird here. There's so many guys that I like on this slate that I'm not going to be able to talk about all of them tonight. Um, if you're a Fantasy Guru subscriber, there's one guy that I'm probably not going to play in this lineup. But I am a big, big, big fan of. So, again, that'll be for the group in the Discord. Cedric Bird, um, do like him, though, at $5,000 flat. So I'll go ahead and add him to the lineup. Lance Lenore is still really cheap, and I think he's continuing to get worked in here at 3700 bucks. TJ Vasher, he gave us that touchdown last week. Really thought they could have gone to him a little bit more. And. All right, perfect. So we'll go Prol. So we're going to go Prol and Bird. We're going to get a little cheap at wide receiver here for our two wide receiver spots. Means we got our two flex spots and we got our defense. 
with 20,000 bucks remaining. Let's go ahead and pick our defense. Um, I like to I like to start off cheap and work my way up and see if there's anything I like at the bottom here. Um, Guardians, I'm not really a fan of the Brahmas. I don't think that's a terrible play at thirty eight hundred bucks. It'll probably be pretty cheap. Think I'm over uh, playing Vegas, especially against St. Louis in this lineup. Uh, the Roughnecks at DC. Not hmm, man, they're really priced down this week. Forty one hundred bucks for the you know, sack leaders of the XFL. Problem is I don't like playing defenses against teams that primarily run the ball because there's less opportunity for sacks. So that's probably going to, I think that's going to be a chalky play because their price is depressed a bit. But I think there's a reason why their price is depressed a little bit on defense. The DK interns might have gotten this one right. The Sea Dragons, um, they've got Orlando. You can't really go wrong with that. If we're going to fade Normandy, that's not a bad spot to uh, to go after. The Sea Dragons defense does look really good. That whole defense changes with Evans back. And we're playing Morgan Ellison in this lineup here. So I'm considering that, I think. I think if you want to get really different, you know, I think the defenders will be low owned given the matchup and that offense could end up crapping the bed with no Kirkland. So I think that's probably in play. Battlehawks against Vegas, not into that. And the Renegades, I think it's too costly (laughs) against San Antonio here. So I'm going to go ahead. I'll play the Sea Dragons at 4200 bucks. That leaves me with 15-8 remaining for my flex spots. So I can go maybe super expensive and then go with like a mid-tier guy or I can go kind of average it out around like the $8,000 price point, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to probably going to play Pearson. Yeah, I'll play Pearson. Well, I have Ellison here too. But they got to they got to go up somehow. So I'm going to play Pearson too. And then that gives me 4500 bucks remaining. Got VC at 4,500, Hazard 4,400, Stephen Mitchell Jr. at 43. None of these guys really stick out to me. And I don't really like, there. to me, there's not really many value plays this week. <coughs> um, sub 4K. So I'm going to hold off on Pearson. I think the right play is to go Ellison. Hold hold off on Pearson. Maybe I'll double stack my receivers. Mm, Hate doing that, though, for the purposes of this lineup. I 
Bill Canella. Bill Canella here. He probably ticked a lot of people off. Gives us eighty two hundred bucks, and I can, I can play Shepard at eighty two hundred. I'll just do that. I think stacks are a little bit more viable on these smaller slates, especially in the XFL where points come at a premium. Kind of looking for that production in that one game that ends up blowing up with points. Definitely see this St. Louis Vegas game, uh, you know, going up here. So there you have it. I have AJ McCarron, Morgan Ellison, Cedric Bird, Austin Prohl, Sal Canella, Darius Shepard, and Sea Dragons defense. So there you have it, everyone. That is our DraftKings lineup for the night. Let me know what you think. If you're a subscriber, fantasy guru, you know, hit me up in the Discord. You know, give me a heads up on what you're planning on playing. Happy to discuss. And go through our process here together. I think the, the more success I have is when I can talk through this with other uh, people as well. Um, I think that's why the Discord is so powerful. So there you have it. I think we're in a pretty good spot going into... <coughs> this week here sorry i gotta hop off i'll let the music play out a little bit Uh, but appreciate everyone listening in again my name is mark hogan i am the host of the alt fantasy football uh, xfl usfl dfs podcast you can find all of my uh, content and chat up with here me here in the discord at fantasyguru.com And or if you want to follow me on Twitter at DFS underscore Marlin. Appreciate everyone listening in. And until next time, peace out.